Hey, for the slides, could we change them a bit faster? Because a lot of us are like depending on that and like. That's okay. You're Just doing press great, the arrow. Jason. And a steel uh, straw <laughs> at approximately <laughs> 30 degrees, please. And velvet toilet paper. So um, as a preaching minister, I've never had much of an issue with the speaking part of preaching. That's, that's never really been a struggle for me to, to get up and talk in front of people. Uh, the issue I've had with preaching is the coming up with what to speak on next part of preaching. And those of you who've ever had to do that, for me, that was always the challenge. So after our last series that we shared together, I was just kind of come up with, well, what are we going to talk about next? What, what series are we going to do next? And so I was, I mean, I was all over the biblical map. I mean, Preston can attest to that. I, hey, what do you think about this? And I talked to Joe Clemens. Hey, what do you think about this? And I mean, first it was going to be a, a series in Acts, and then it was going to be a series in Esther, and then it was going to be a series in Thessalonians, and then it was going to be a series in John. And, and then I thought about doing a series on how to make tough decisions in times of indecision. <laughs> but I couldn't really decide how many messages would be in that series. And so I remember that I was standing at our kitchen sink Monday afternoon, and I just prayed a simple prayer. I just said, Holy Spirit, give me direction. Now, uh, what happened next reminded me of a well-worn, well-traveled preacher's joke. You know the one about the guy who wants to get advice from random Bible passages, right? So a, a guy goes and he, he opens up his Bible to a random place and he, he puts his finger down in a random verse and he reads it and he said, and the, and the verse said, and Judas went out and hung himself. <laughs> and so the guy was startled and confused and so he closes his Bible and tries to shake it off and he, he opens it up again and he, he finds another random place in a random verse and he puts his finger down and it said, go thou and do likewise. <laughs> now he's even more confused, he's even more startled, he's even more dazed and he goes, oh, this, is, this can't be right. So he, he closes his Bible up and he opens it back up again to a random place and finds a random verse and puts his finger down and he reads, what you're about to do, do quickly. 
So yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of laugh because see, on Monday I stood at my kitchen sink and I prayed that simple prayer, Holy Spirit, give me direction. And on Tuesday I walked into the building, came into the auditorium. I had, I had left my preaching Bible up here and, I, and it was closed and I went and grabbed it and I walked back to my office and I sat down at my desk and I opened my Bible to the place where the marker was in between the pages. And the Holy Spirit answered my prayer with these words from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, you are so good to us. And so as we open your word today through your Holy Spirit, would you teach us? Would you speak a word of encouragement and hope to our hearts? For we ask in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. The one thing I love about the Psalms, I love a lot of things about the Psalms, but it's this. They show us in so many nuanced ways the many aspects of the character attributes of God. I mean, the Psalms, as the early church's songbook, it shows us two things about God. It shows how he related, how he revealed himself to his people, but it also shows us how his people related to him, how they responded to him in faith. You see, the Psalms not, not only give us this picture of who God is, but the Psalms also teach us how to respond to him. Uh, Martin Luther felt so strongly about the Psalms during the Reformation movement that one of his, his uh, insistences was that the Psalms, the Psalter, would be kept in the, Ref in the Reformed church and that they would be given attention to every week in weekly reading in Scripture, that Psalm after Psalm after Psalm would be part of the core of this Reformed church. So the great thing about Psalm 46 is that it inspired one of the greatest hymns of all time. Martin Luther's 
a mighty fortress is our God. Now, we sang a, a, a newer version of that song today. And so this is what Martin Luther is thinking about when he writes this psalm. It becomes the inspiration for this great hymn of his, thinking about this one particular attribute of God. And let's just, let's just delight in it this morning. That our God, yes, he is a mighty fortress. That's the first thing you're going to see in Psalm 46, verse 1. It depends a lot on the Bible translation you're reading out of in the English version. But when it says that God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in time of need or trouble, that's telling us that this first character attribute of God is that he is a refuge. He is a shelter. He is a mighty fortress. In fact, the Hebrew is really interesting because it, it's one of those word plays again because it's, he's a he's strong strength. He's a mighty tower. He's a, a fortress that cannot be shaken. Now, so the first thing we learn about God is that he is our refuge. He is our refuge. He's not just any kind of refuge. He's a strong refuge. He's a secure refuge. Now, if you have lived here for a long time in the Midwest, you understand the value and the importance of good shelter, right? I mean, you understand the importance of having a safe place to go when the weather turns. I I remember the first time that we were here and I was walking through this building and I thought to myself, why do so many rooms have the word tornado shelter written on them? And how are we all really going to fit in the stairwell on a Sunday morning if a tornado does come through? But apparently we only have to worry about tornadoes here in Springfield Wednesdays at 10 o'clock in the morning. Now the other thing that happened to us, which was an oddity, is the very first year we were here, we found ourselves stuck in Sam's during tornado warnings. Now, if you've ever been there and you understand this, they start broadcasting. This happened to us like two or three times. They start broadcasting over the PA. We're having a tornado warning. Please, everyone, move to the middle of the store. You are not being held against your will. You can leave any time. So, like, it's like, you know, we're from out of town, essentially, and everyone's just milling around in the clothes section, and we're clearing things out of the shelves to duck underneath. I'm not kidding, this happened to us two, three times that we were in Sam's. We learned a couple of things. First, we learned how to fold clothes properly, right? I mean, while you're there, why not? And the second thing we learned is that you have to check the weather forecast before you go to Sam's. Because apparently that's the only time an inclement weather comes. Now, if you've ever had to go to shelter for a tornado, for some kind of inclement weather, you understand that if you're just out in the middle of nowhere, you're not really protected. You have to go and seek shelter. You have to go and find shelter. A tornado shelter only helps you if you're in the tornado shelter. But I want you to see something very interesting about Psalm 46, what it's not telling us about God and what it is telling us about God. This is something so interesting that so many times we miss about God being our refuge, about God being our strength, our strong tower. Psalm 46 is not teaching us that God will help you or protect you if you can get into a strong shelter. That's not what it's saying. Psalm 46 is telling us that God 
is a shelter. That God is a refuge. That God is a strong tower. He is security. He is strength. See, what's, what's so great about this is that Psalm 46 is trying to pull us it's trying to pull us from the gravity of our own grip on earthly things so that we can discover and experience what true freedom is with Him as our shelter. A mighty fortress is our God. A bulwark never failing. Our helper He amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great, and armed with cruel hate on earth is not his equal. So if we understand that God is a shelter, that God is a refuge, the very next question that the text answers for us is this, well, when do we need God to be a mighty fortress? When do we need in our life for God to be a refuge, for Him to be this strength that we can rely upon? Uh, It's there in the last part of verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. A very present help in trouble. I just love the wording of that. This whole idea that God is some distant God far off and does not concern himself with the details of our life, this is teaching us that God is a very present God. He's very present in our times of distress, in our times of anxiety, in our times of fear, in our times of need. He's very present. He doesn't shy away from these messy parts of our life. He's there and he's with us. I don't know about you, but, but sometimes, sometimes I need help figuring out the help that I need. I mean, sometimes I'm just like, I'm not really sure exactly, which is so great about why we can trust the Holy Spirit, why God knows what we need before we even ask, even if we're asking for one thing, God who is very present in our time of need knows exactly what we need in that moment, and we can trust Him in this. Uh, This word trouble that is being used in Hebrew, it means everything from need to distress, and it even covers those things that make us anxious in life. It's talking about anxiety. It's talking about these things in our life that fill us with anxiety, that cause us to have anxiety, that God is present and He's helping us in those times. And so there are these moments in our life when we just, we're just so unsettled, we're just such at unease, and we just can't figure out what's going on. And when this anxiety begins to fill our hearts, Psalm 46 is calling us to understand that God is our refuge. He is our strength. But there's a second thing that's in this text, and this is really fascinating if you think about it. Uh, look at verse 2. It starts by saying, therefore, we will not fear because God is our strong tower, our mighty fortress, our refuge. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. You see this? It's telling us that God is our refuge, God is our strong tower when the unimaginable happens. I mean, this is obviously 
uh, exaggerated, metaphoric hyperbole. It's trying to call the readers to say, listen, what's the worst thing you can think of? Right now, what's the worst thing that you can think of? Even if that happens, it doesn't change the fact that God is our refuge, that He is our strong tower, that He is our strength. I mean, even when your worst fears come to pass, you don't have to be afraid. Because it's ultimately an issue of, well, it's an issue of trust. Now, what you see if you've spent much time in the Psalms or the other wisdom literature is that you see this theme being repeated over and over and over again. And and this is a theme that's not only worth repeating, it's a theme that's worth remembering. This is why that we can be encouraged, uh, even living here today, this is why we can be equipped with with such knowledge of those who have gone before us, who who have fled to texts like this for refuge. There is no denying the difficulty that we face in this life. It's it's simply part of living in a fallen world. It's it's true. And you see, living in this world, there's this this constant tension. There's this, this constant pool in our heart for what we're going to trust. And, and when my hopes and when my fears are wrapped up in things that I can see, rather than fixed on the one that I cannot see, then I'm in trouble. I, I'm in a shelter that cannot protect me. And so the reality of life is that because we cling so fiercely to the things of this world, of this life, whenever they're threatened, wow, stand back and watch out. Because my heart trusts so many things in this world, whenever that is compromised, whenever that is threatened, then boy, it's time to respond and respond with collateral damage. But the worst thing is that when you trust something as your ultimate trust here in this life, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. But worse, you're setting yourself up to be crushed. Because there is nothing in this world, there is nothing on this earth that can bear the weight of being your ultimate trust. Nothing. Okay, so I'll trust in my health. Well, that hasn't worked out so well for me. And the older I get, the more I find that it's harder to find spare parts. I trust in my 401k. And Buffett sneezes and the market loses a bazillion points. So I say, okay, I'm going to trust in my strength. I pulled my back out one time lifting a CD player. Now, for those of you who don't know what a CD player is, there was this piece of equipment and you put these CDs in them and and they're not heavy at all. No kidding, I reached down to pick one up. Oh, my back, right? And then I think, okay, I can't trust in my health, I can't trust in my 401k, I can't trust in my strength. Can I trust in my good, no, I can't even trust in my good looks. There's nothing on this earth that when it becomes the source of my ultimate trust, I am setting myself up for failure, for disappointment. Did we in our own strength confide? Our striving would be losing. 
Were not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing? You ask who that may be. Christ Jesus, it is he. Lord Sabaoth, which means host of heaven, is his name. From age to age the same, and he must win the battle. So what's the result? If your ultimate trust is on in or on something in this world, you're going to be devastated. You're going to be crushed. But Psalm 46 is calling us to a different source of trust. Anything that you trust in in this life, in this world, you're ultimately going to be disappointed. But when you see God as your refuge, when you see Him as your ultimate trust, there's a better result. In fact, you see the world differently, and this is the first part of verse 2 says, therefore we will not fear. Therefore we will not fear. That when God is our refuge, when He is our strong tower, when He is our mighty fortress, we don't have to be afraid. Now, Listen, fear is a natural response. It is. And, and whoever says that as a Christian you should never be afraid of anything, they're just a cotton-headed niggy-muggin', okay? So you, it's just natural to be afraid. You, you don't have to worry about this. Sometimes it's the right response to be afraid. Sometimes that's the right and healthy response. But, but there's a difference between faith and foolishness. Psalm 46 is not teaching us that if you trust in God, you'll never face disappointment. That's not what it's saying. And a lot of religious people get themselves into a lot of trouble because they believe that, well, I believe in God, so why am I experiencing this difficulty? Almost as if believing in God was supposed to be a, you know, pass go, collect your $200, that nothing bad would ever happen to you. What Psalm 46 is doing is trying to call us, it's inviting us, it's asking us to consider placing God at the center of our heart, as the center of our trust, who redeems disappointment. That no matter what happens to you in this life, no matter how good, no matter how bad, no matter how ugly, no matter what happens to you in this life, we are putting our hope and our faith and our trust in a God who can even redeem the worst thing that you have ever done in your life, the worst thing that has ever happened to you. This is the God that is calling us to look to Him as our strong tower, to respond to Him in faith this way. If you hope, if you trust, if your heart loves earthly things, no matter how good or how sweet it is, it will crumble. It will fall down. You will be boiled in the turmoil that that kind of life creates. You will never find everlasting security and refuge in something in this life. But when you come to God through faith in Jesus Christ, if you come to Him who is for us a firm and secure foundation, even if the unthinkable happens, the unshakable remains. And though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. For God has willed His truth to triumph through us. The prince of darkness, grim. We tremble not for him. His rage, we can endure. For lo, 
His doom is sure. One little word shall fail him. Right now, this very minute, what's the worst thing you can think of that can happen to you? Are you ready to face the storm? You know, we don't have to run to trouble. It'll find us. We don't have to be storm chasers. We don't have to one be the ones that continue to put ourselves at risk just to show how much faith we have. Faith doesn't require us to live foolishly. What faith does for us is this. It means that we can accept that which may come, whatever comes, because our hope is built on nothing less than the blood of Jesus Christ and His righteousness. See, Jesus talks about building our life. He talks about it in two different ways over and over and over again. He says, you've got two choices to make, and He he wraps us all up by saying, There's two foundations that you can build your life upon. But you need to understand that this first one is shaky ground. It's sifting sand. It's it's sinking sand. So when your heart trusts anything in this earth as your ultimate trust, that's the foundation you're building on. But Jesus says there's another foundation that you can build. You can respond in faith through Jesus Christ to God, and you can build your life on Him and in Him, and His blood and His righteousness takes over and creates for you a much more stable and solid ground so that now, more than ever, when it seems that our hearts are drawn and invited to trust other things, we understand that Jesus Christ is the only solid ground. Jesus Christ is the only refuge, the only way that our hearts are secure. You know why? Well, it's because He was rejected that we are accepted. It's because He became weak so that we might become strong. It's because He overcame death hell and the grave. Therefore, we do not have to fear. And because He conquered these things, because He overwhelmingly conquers, and because God overwhelmingly loves us through Jesus Christ, we run to Him. We seek Him. We build our life in Him. We flee to Him for refuge like so many others have done before us so that we might have strong encouragement And run the race with hope that is set before us. That word, above all earthly powers, no thanks to them abideth. The Spirit and the gifts are ours through Him who with us sideth. Let goods and kindreds go. This mortal life also, the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. His kingdom is forever. Let's pray. Father, would you shatter our earthly idols so that our heart can be fully fixed, fully devoted to you. 
Jesus, would you strengthen our faith? Would you give us greater hope as we respond in faith to receive and accept your righteousness before the Father? Spirit, would you convict our hearts this morning in the truth of this psalm? Would you purify our hearts to love what the Father loves? We pray through Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Would you stand, please?